podcast, Farzim Basukin here with you. Hope you guys are having a good week, or rather it's Friday. Hope you guys are having a good weekend. Uh, get my days mixed up. Been a crazy day for me, and it's only uh, 2 o'clock on a Friday. So, uh, look, I'm in good spirits. The uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights are advancing to the Final Four. I would say conference finals, but they're not really doing that. I've heard them use the term Final Four a lot in the past 24 to 48 hours because this is just a weird year, which is weird because you only hear that term uh, for um, college football, but neither here nor there. Uh, Hey, we've had a lot of great guests uh, in the last uh, week and a half. Uh, Former Kansas city chiefs, Jason Dunn and Eric Warfield were on with me recently. Author Melody McAllister with me. Uh, A lot of great content on there. Check it out. It's all over my Facebook page, YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you can listen to a podcast, Stitcher, Amazon, you can basically catch them all there. Uh, coming up in the next uh, couple of basically for the rest of the month, uh, former Kansas City Chief Joe Valerio is going to join me. Very excited to talk to him. Always a good time talking to Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chiefs scout, also a former KU football scout, Dan Shanka. He also worked with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, so always good to talk to him when it comes to football in general. Going to pick his brain on a lot of things that probably a lot of people want to know, maybe don't want to know about, but should know about, and maybe. It's crossed their minds how things have uh, come across uh, in the game of football and how it all works. So we're going to talk to Dan about that. Adam Pock from Big Brother 13 will be joining me because the new season of Big Brother is just around the corner. And then the final week of June, we're going to have Jared McMullen, the founder of Friday Night Cranks. He's got some exciting things coming up and also a former independence coach, also featured on Netflix's Last Chance U, seasons three and four, Jason Brown, uh, super, super awesome guy. Uh, he'll be joining me uh, in a couple of weeks, so very excited for that. Uh, with that said, uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, uh, share the links with your friends, let them know about it, and interact with me on Facebook. Uh, we do a lot of these now live on Facebook, so uh, it's a lot of fun getting a chance to uh, do these podcasts live and also taking some questions live or just people who comment and and join us for these live videos. Nonetheless, uh, my guest for this episode of Forest Cast, if you are watching the video version of the podcast, you already see him there. He is musician Morgan Gannon, also doing some entrepreneur work there. We'll talk about all that with him. But nonetheless, he's been doing a lot of great things with his music career and uh, excited to talk to him about that. Morgan Gannon, what's going on, brother? How you doing, brother, man? I appreciate you having me on once again. This is becoming like a regular thing throughout my life i just love it great <laughs> yeah you you were i mean you've been on my chiefs podcast a couple of times uh well, yeah. more than a couple of times um then we met because of the chiefs because you had that chief song uh, chop it up that you use and it was the theme song for my chiefs podcast for so many years and i've always uh, right. appreciate you by the way the uh, theme song you hear at the beginning of this episode and every episode of forest guest is made by morgan uh, so <laughs> that's uh, right, dude. That's you've right. done a lot for me. I, I always appreciate everything you've done. And uh, you were the first guest on my first episode of Farce Cast, and now you're you're back again. You're a yeah. repeat guest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun, man. I appreciate you always uh, having me on, and we like to interact about a lot of different things. We got a lot of things going on, you know, between the Chiefs and music and yeah. everything else. You know, there's a lot of good stuff going on. What are you up to nowadays? I mean, I know the pandemic really slowed down a lot of things, especially in the music industry. Um, are you doing uh, concerts now? I mean, what are you up to nowadays? You know, we're starting to book. Yeah. It's starting nice. to happen. Um, we're trying to get back to whatever we call normal. Now uh, everybody's going through that, but it's exciting. Um, 
I've already performed uh, one time. I had a private event and uh, we've got some other things coming up. Actually, I've got the possibility of a headlining show in Arkansas, probably around September at, at some point, which would be a live um, open to the public performance, uh, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, we're just kind of starting booking, booking things again and it's starting to get rolling. I've been working on new music pretty much the whole time. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. You've done a lot of interesting things uh, during this pandemic. Like you, you made this music video, which, uh, you know, I'll let you talk about in a moment, you and your girlfriend, Kelly, you guys worked on that together, but uh, you know, I think with the pandemic, the way things started out you're thinking, Holy shit, what's, what's happening? Are are people going (laughs) to, Yeah. I mean, how are people going to do, their work, whether you're you're working an office job or you're working in entertainment like you do in the music industry, musicians have found a way to to, to keep it going. You know, I mean, I, I see your studio, all the stuff right behind you there. Uh, a lot of people have managed to come out with good content, uh, good music content over uh, throughout this pandemic, which is winding down, at least in the United States. Yeah. And it, it's improving in other places. How have you yeah. handled this pandemic with uh, your music? I mean, honestly, man, I feel like there's going to be a, a renaissance, if you will, <laughs> of music for, in today's world, you know, kind of like what we saw way back when uh, we, we read about in the history books, because people were just uh, locked away, literally in their spaces of creativity. And um, we've had plenty of time to think, you know, and just kind of get out of the outside world and even shut off social media a little bit. You know, I kind of retreated from social media there for a while. Good for you. We all need to do that. Yeah. I just felt like I had the opportunity to do it because I've been hitting it hard for gosh, I don't know how many years, Yeah, 10, 12 years easily. Um, And it's exhausting to some degree, not because I don't like interacting with people. I do but just having to constantly create content right in the moment, you know, and keep it going consistently. Cause that's just the way Facebook and uh, Twitter, like TikTok, you know, they work that way. If you don't constantly have something coming out, people don't see you and they forget about you. But I just, I don't know. I took that time to kind of uh, uh, think a little bit, reformulate what I really wanted to do musically and otherwise. And um uh, but I got a lot of good things done. I've got another song coming out. It's actually a cover song. Um, I don't believe I've announced what song it is online yet, but I might as well spill the beans now because it's coming out on the 25th. It can be the, 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 the first time anybody hears about it, I guess. Um, but uh, you know Lenny Kravitz? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows Lenny Kravitz, right? Uh, I used to love his music back in what, yeah. like the early 2000s, I guess. Plus, he's an incredible uh, actor, too, which is kind of crazy. He's kind of like a triple threat in a lot of ways. But anyway, I've always liked his song called Again. Um, okay. It's like the, the slower song. It's got like a crazy drum beat to it and stuff. So anyway, uh, I decided when we were there, during the pandemic, when we were all locked down, I decided to go ahead and try to remake that, but in more of like my style, you know, in today's world. And uh, so I did that. And um it was really cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that on on the 25th. So more information will be going up on my social media pretty soon about it. How okay. And by the way, you've done a really great job with your music and all you've done. Uh, I know you started in your band sounds and uh, yeah. you know, 
at some point, you know, you want to branch out, do your own thing, and, you, and you've done a great job on your own. Uh, how can right. people find your music, uh, whether it's with sounds or just the stuff that you've been doing solo on your own? Yeah, so everything pretty much, uh, everything about me, including all my music, can be found at morgangannum.com. And that's M-O-R-G-A-N. And then my last name, G-A-N-E-M.com. And uh, like I said, you can find everything up there. Uh, all my music is uh, is on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Deezer, uh, Amazon Music, like pretty much everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'd love it if you guys go check it out. I'm, I'm curious because I discovered Apple Music about three, four years ago, and I know it's a very different concept. So basically, the subscription I have, you pay $10 a month, and you're, you're basically downloading almost every song for free. Whereas before you spent 99 cents or a dollar 29 for music yeah. has, has Apple music, that kind of thing. Does that hurt you? Uh, at least when it comes to the iTunes or the Apple market, whatever it's called now. Yeah. I don't think it's helped a whole lot. Um, I'm not sure that there was a big shift there. Uh, a lot of what people don't know is that um, you have to get a whole lot of activity on the streaming stuff. Uh, in order for it to really make a difference. Um, a lot of places where my real revenue, my, my influx comes from is from, from live performance. Yeah. Uh, so really when you're putting music out, um, it's good because, I mean, you can make some pretty decent money with that if you do it in the right way and you promote it properly, but especially if you get a hit on TikTok or you know, a big Facebook post or something and there's something controversial or, you know, interesting about it. You know what I mean? That can be really helpful because people want to use the music uh, on their social medias. And a lot of times that reflects in your, in your bottom line, you know, like on TikTok, stuff like that, you know, you, you kind of rise on the charts and stuff for that, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, really the majority of the places where you're going to make the most money is in live performance. So, with the iTunes and the Amazon and Spotify, it's more about promotion and getting people to be more aware of who you are and what your music sounds like and kind of what your brand is all about, you know? What have you been doing with your social media? Because you have a pretty strong following, uh, you know, with, with all the regional work you do. Um, yeah. I, I still remember very early on, uh, you know, you had a small following and that's grown over the years. Um, how do you try to uh, use that to your advantage with your, uh, with your music and promotion and stuff? Well, I try to keep it, uh, kind of 50, 50, you know, as far as yeah. what I'm putting out there, what I'm posting, uh, like to be straight up honest with you, dude, you have really got it down. Like you have come a long way, my man. I appreciate that. I, I, I remember when we first started out, you know, you were kind of just getting cranked, cranked up. And I had had a little bit of a following kind of going, but it was still growing. And I, I know what you were kind of probably trying to do was to pull in people that were interesting. It could be, you know, um, relate to what your topics that you're talking about. I kind of grow the audience that way, you know, because if I share you and you share me, then we, we kind of go up, you yeah. know, and that's the way that works. And I love that because that's how it is in life, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you have a sphere of influence that you work with and, and you guys help each other. You know, yeah. so I thought that was cool. And that's one reason why we connected. And I thought that was neat. Um, but uh, it's interesting what people interact with, like, especially on Facebook. Um, I've noticed, you know, they like my music and stuff, but they also like to answer questions 
questions and, yeah. uh, you know, post a picture about something or people just love to share their life and their perspective on things. Even if it's something really simple, like how's your day going, you know, or what's your favorite type of soft drink, you know, More motivation Monday, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've always been about that kind of thing, sharing, uh, inspirational quotes and things I've come up with and things other people have come up with that I've applied to my life. Um, but there was one post, dude, one post I'm reaching like 16, 17 million people right now. Oh, wow. uh, l- largely because of this post, it has nothing to do with my music. Uh, but I, I saw it on your page. I saw this post on your page and you're going to know what I'm talking about. I know you will. It's the one where there's like a keyboard and all the letters are marked out except for a, a few. Oh, I know what says, you're talking. <laughs> it says like, what would your name be if you could only use these a few letters or whatever? People have gone crazy. Yeah, I know. On this post, dude, I'm still getting it's reached like 23 million people and like 37,000 shares, like 800 and something thousand comments. Crazy. You know, let me just say something because I don't know how to really make memes. Uh, Brett from Savage Sports Memes, he makes the most hilarious memes. He's the one who made, by the way, it's funny. I was actually picking up my car uh, from the shop and the guy who was giving me my key, he follows me on Facebook. Really nice guy. His name is Brock. Uh, if he's watching this, yeah. his brother-in-law posts a lot on here and he was telling me his brother has like a top yeah, fan. Shout yeah, shout out to Brock. Him. Super nice guy. Um, cool. But he was telling me because um, there was a there's a meme that Brett created uh, I don't know if you knew this, but back in November I, or December, I streamed the Mike Tyson pay-per-view. Yes, I think I actually watched yeah. it on your stream. To, to, yeah. to my own stupidity, which people well, were bitching about anyway, and I got banned for like a week. <laughs> oh, so. no. Uh, but oh anyway, God. I saw somebody. I saw somebody the other day streaming the McGregor. Uh, not McGregor. Um, oh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul, Paul. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. One of those. Logan. Idiots. Which one of the Paul guys? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was just gonna say. You know, I I don't know how to create memes. Uh, but if you just go on Instagram and just basically go to story mode and just basically put your finger over the camera and just take a picture, that's your background, and then you do. Something like like this, like how is your Friday going? People respond yeah. to that stuff. Uh, people love oh, yeah. that stuff. So all you yeah, people on social great, right? media, because social media managers or social media interns, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. If you just do something like that, uh, even if that has nothing to do with your in- industry, whether it's um, real estate or uh, maybe you have a pizza place, it just pops like that. Everyone just lo- loves to comment on that kind of meme. So, I mean, that's just the yeah, way things work. It's now. so true. Yeah, people love to share their opinion, you know, and their side of things, even if it's something small. Because, you know, the way we all do it is we just scroll. Yeah. It's quick. It's fast, you know, and it's easy to just say whatever, you know, real quickly. So, yeah, I agree. It's a good way to get your social media going and get a little interaction. And then you throw your own original content in there and, and you know, get people kind of interested in what you're doing. I've had tons of people since that post I was telling you about. <laughs> And I've been doing it consistently, those kind of things. I've had tons of people inboxing me like, are you a musician? Like, do you make music? And I'm like, yeah, yeah check it out. And they're like, dude, I love this. It's great, you know? So it's great. It's a good way to That's get awesome. people interacting. Yeah, hey, yeah. anything to, to branch out, get your voice out there, uh, both literally yeah. and figuratively. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I, by the way, 
I alluded to this earlier. You and your girlfriend during this pandemic, you guys made a music video, which I watched. Yeah. It was it was pretty damn good. Uh, I got to say, oh, thank you. but um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys used an iPhone to record that entire video. Is that correct? Well, it, actually, it wasn't an iPhone, but kind of the cool thing behind it is that we took my my camera out. It's a DSLR, you know, like a, a Nikon okay. type camera. So it's good quality. But I mean, you could honestly, you could get away with recording a music video with an iPhone. I've done stuff before. In fact, not a music video, but for the again cover that I'm putting out, the Lenny Kravitz song, um, I made a TikTok for it all just with my iPhone and my little setup that I've got here showing people how I made it kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to put that out, you know, when it's, uh, when it's coming out. But anyway, back to the music video. Uh, the cool part about it is that we grabbed the camera and we went hiking and kind of just impromptu decided to do this. Um, we found a few cool spots and hung out there and kind of mapped it out a little bit. We found this abandoned house out in, uh, we were in Broken Bow. Oklahoma, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's beautiful, yeah. like picturesque wilderness. You know, the trees what's the name of the real... city? Broken, Broken Arrow, Broken Bow, a oh, Broken Bow, Broken Bow. Yeah, Broken Arrow is closer to where I live, uh, but Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Uh, there's a beautiful lake out there, uh, and it's just it's become it's become kind of a a place for all the influencers to go and take pictures and stuff. It's just it's beautiful. And it's just very outdoors, you know, a good place to go and just clear, clear your head. Yeah. These are just some of the pictures I'm seeing online. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. It's just beautiful. The cabins out there are really nice picturesque. Anyway, the way it looked, I was like, I just want to take some shots of me walking around singing this song. And then I'll get some of you, my girlfriend, uh, Kelly, uh, just kind of doing some things. And then we spliced it all together. Sort of like, uh, the way I was seeing was sort of like a post-apocalyptic one man, one woman finding each other kind of thing. You know, there was no one else around, no one else alive. You know, it was almost almost like another planet in a sense. You know, I, I uh, green screened in some like different planets in the sky, like multiple planets. You could I see did see stuff. that. That was pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah. So I just took the time to get really creative with it because I had plenty of time on my hands, you know, we had a pandemic, uh, and do a lot of cool visual effects and things like that. So I filmed her and she filmed me, which I thought was cool because she'd never done anything like that before, but she picked it up really quick. And, uh, I think there's actually a blog post on my website about kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff, stuff with that, you know, showing how we did it and, uh, before and after the visual effects that I applied through After Effects and stuff. So, yeah, it turned out really neat, though. We were really, really proud of it. I was about to ask what video uh, editing program you use, but you said you use After Effects. Is that correct? Well, I do for uh, my visual effects stuff. But uh, when it comes to editing, I usually use Premiere. Okay. Yeah. See, Adobe. I, I, I'm only, this is self-interest, but I, I need, I'm looking for a new uh, editing program because I use Final Cut Pro. And when yeah. I got this laptop, uh, couple of years ago uh i got final cut pro but it's final cut pro x or final cut pro 10 whatever you want to call it and uh -huh. man the the way it's used compared to final cut express or the old final cut pro it is completely different final cut express oh, was way more organized so gotcha. uh you said you you said premiere pro 
Premiere Pro, yeah, check it out. It's super great, really yeah. easy to use. I got a uh, it's a long look into final it. cut, I feel like. Okay. Yeah, it's great. I got great. Look into I think you like it. Um, I use it for everything, pretty much everything that I put out, uh, at least in today's world, is edited by me. Uh, you know, I even uh, uh, help produce music for other artists through my record label and also music videos and stuff too. And a lot of it, I edit it myself or I have some other people kind of help too. But I enjoy doing stuff like that. It's fun. You know, I, I just like being creative. It's kind of part of my whole thing that I do. You and I have talked about this before, but for those who uh, maybe have never heard you on any of my past podcasts before, uh, mm -hmm. I, we mentioned this earlier, the way you and I met was because of the Chiefs. You had uh, the song Chop It Up and that picked up and uh, they played it at Arrowhead. And if I'm not, I haven't been to Arrowhead in a long time, but if I'm not mistaken, it is still being played at Arrowhead at yeah. usually before the teams come out when Warpaint goes around, marches around the field for a bit. Right. Um, so... I want to ask you about that. So start with how did you uh, get that song out there? How did you, uh, how were you able to get the chiefs to pick up on this? Well, a lot of people at the time did not know this, but um, back at that point, my cousin, uh, Jodane Massad, uh, he's an incredible media guy. Um, he does films. He directs. He actually was uh assistant p on one of my first music videos uh stuff like that but he was working head of media for the kansas city chiefs oh okay nice yeah uh so that that was kind of the in there um he was talking to me and i was like hey you know how can i get involved kind of thing and we decided to work on um that together and, uh, you know, my dad had some input on that, too, as far as the actual song and kind of coming up with the, the concept for it being a chant and things. So it took me a little while to get that all worked through. And uh, um, I took it to Jodane and he showed it to his team and got it passed through the upper level. And they really liked it and they decided to, to use it. So that's kind of how that happened. And a lot of people don't know that. but. It was a it was a good opportunity, you know, to reach a lot of people, a lot of people. And I was already a Chiefs fan to begin with. So it just totally made sense. It totally made sense. Yeah. What was it like seeing them use that song uh, as war paints going out? Like what's going through man, your mind? Euphoric, man, because I mean, you know what it feels like to be in that stadium anyway. Yeah. Just there to see your team play. And when the song comes on and they are like getting hyped to it and the crowd's getting hyped to it and they're doing the war paint thing, which was like a tradition. That's a Kansas city chief tradition. Um, it was just, it was crazy, dude. Like I can't describe it. Honestly, the, the closest thing I can put it with is when my dad sang the national anthem live in the stadium. When was, was that? Cool. Um, that was golly. I want to say that was back in like 1999 or something. It was early 2000s, as I recall. Um, so it was, it was a long while back, but they flew the, the bombers over and stuff, you know? <laughs> and, um, but I mean, honestly, a lot of the idea came from my mom too, for the song. Cause she was the one that was like, 
you should write something for them and see if they like it. Well, it's a good thing you, you said know? that because because your dad is commenting right now and he he is crediting your mom for that oh, song. So oh, he is okay. So good timing That's on funny. your part. That's funny. Yeah, way to go for me, huh? Yeah, shout out to my mom. She comes with a lot of good ideas, honestly. Uh, the In the Air Tonight remix that I did by Phil Collins it, it got a lot of uh, good hits and stuff. Um, reached a lot of people too. That was her idea. So. <laughs> Do you ever uh, post your stuff onto YouTube, your covers? Because a lot of people, and there are a lot of people with fantastic covers on YouTube, and, and they get yeah. sometimes even millions of views on there. Do you do anything on YouTube? You know, I do. Uh, not really like a live performance. I've never done that, but that's a great idea. Maybe I'll do that with this new one. Yeah, you, you absolutely. Know, show me performing and type of thing. That'd be cool. I mean, I know nothing about music content and trying to distribute no, it and all, and all that, but. Yeah, I mean, there are just people who just post their own um, content out there, out there, uh, and maybe yeah, they don't have the platform. Idea, actually, they may not have the platform that you have. Uh, yeah, but that's really how they get started, and eventually they do pick up. And uh, yeah, yeah, if you do that kind of thing, definitely in the description show like where they can buy your music because people are always always like, hey, how can I? Because either right. they don't they don't know how to record audio in their own computer, or they don't know how to download youtube videos as an mp3 file so they want to know you know how, how how do i buy this guy's music how can i support this guy exactly. and that's yeah so definitely do that man i think that would go a long way yeah with you. yeah i actually get a lot of people that find out about my music just simply from youtube and you know anytime i put something out i'll have like a link that's got all of the different links that you can find the, the particular song or album you know and a lot of people go to spotify and they go to youtube first thing and then on the youtube i always link them to the other locations where they can get it because we've all got multiple platforms you know to listen and watch these kind of things at this point there's all kinds of stuff so yeah it's a great idea though i agree totally good I, just out of curiosity and i'll get to my point in a moment but do you ever have you ever watched or do you watch uh the challenge on mtv you know i have it what is it Oh, it's basically Ooh, like right. a competition. It's it's basically like uh, Survivor and Big Brother mixed together. Like the only reality oh, TV cool. I watch is basically ones where money's on the line, competition. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, the reason I bring that up is because I, I basically started watching the challenge because they do bring. They started off by bringing in contestants from the real world and road rules, and yeah. basically all these reality TV stars come together and they compete in these competitions and. Now they are bringing in people from Survivor, Big Brother. Uh, oh, they, even, cool. they even bring people from The Bachelor. Uh, but anyway, the reason I bring that up is because I'm watching the older seasons of The Challenge. And, I mean, they use a lot of really good music on their shows, you know, like any TV yeah. show that you watch. And yeah. it is pretty hard. I mean, I use Shazam sometimes, and it doesn't pick up because these artists, these bands, they're too small, or maybe they don't have a big label or a big platform uh, I mean, oh, surely, wow. surely they know somebody. My whole point is, and I was having this conversation with someone. He, he goes, oh, well, if you can't find that song, it's probably because they're bad. It's not because they're bad. It's because they just don't have maybe the platform that somebody yeah. else does out there. Can you talk about the whole like independent music scene and just the struggles of trying to get out there? Because I know you've tried. Uh, I mean, you you had a yeah. place to start. and I'm sure it took you a while. to grow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um that's kind of where I was at a few years ago, honestly. Um, I made some connections with some music supervisors. Those are the people that you're talking about that help get those bands on those shows. Yeah. 
And they scour the internet. They scour the uh, published music, you know, from record labels and things. Um, I mean, it can come from anywhere, honestly. So they find these guys or these bands and uh, girls, whatever, and they put them on their show if it happens to fit the motif for the theme, you know, and they don't have to be a huge superstar, you know. Uh, I mean, a lot of the music you do here is big, big superstar acts, but um, a lot of the supervisors don't care if it fits what they're going for. They will they will put you on and it might be a one time thing, you know, or it might be a reoccurring thing. Um, like I had some of my music played during the uh, men's basketball. It was college basketball championships. Um, oh, wow. They actually played. Oh, I do uh, recall that now. Yeah, they play We Need a Hero, one of my songs from Sounds, my band. Yeah. Uh, during like the the break portion going yeah. in from like the the one team, I think it was like Ohio State and Penn State, maybe. Uh, if I if I can remember that correctly. But anyway, um, I think Ohio State had just scored and Penn State was trying to come back. And uh, they were like, we need a hero. You know, they were playing the song. It was like, boy, we sure do need a hero, Bob. You know, like they needed to start making some baskets or, you know, whatever it was. Awesome. It was kind of cool to just watch them, like, tie the concept of the song into what was actually being seen on TV. So, um, but yeah, I've had music plays like that on uh, independent films, on, you know, uh, different things. But that can be a great outlet to get people to know about your music and to know about you. And um, you got to have it on Shazam, though. You got to have it out officially, you know, because if you don't put it out like through a label or or whatever, people can't find you, you know, and, and they're like, what is this song? I want to hear it. And you're like, hey, Siri, what song is this? And then it doesn't pop up. Yeah. Uh, so I always make sure I have my music out officially before I let anybody sync license it or put it on a commercial or anything like that, you know. But it's See, a great way to get people. I'm glad you said that because Budweiser did a commercial a few years ago. Uh, and, and this is very common. It was a really good song they used. Uh, and it was talking about the concept of, you know, don't drink and drive, that kind of thing. Okay. And I, I, I was basically scouring the internet. I'm like, what is the song? It's a really good song. I, I, I want this. And I found the yeah. musician and the guy goes, well, and he, and he was very kind. He, he was just being gracious saying, Hey, thanks for the support. Thanks for loving the song. But I cannot release it because Budweiser is not letting me right now. It's like that kind of thing, man. And I think that's the dark side of this industry that some people might not know about. It's like, you know, you should, it should be out there officially. So if people do want to Shazam it or SoundHound or Google sound search, whatever else is out there, yeah. you know, you, they, you need to be able to branch out so people can hear that. So that's the unfortunate thing in the music industry from my perspective, at least. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of kind of can be a bad deal sometimes for the artist if you sign up for something that you're not really sure what's going on. Yeah. Just because you're so eager to get support and get people behind your music, but uh, you have to be really careful sometimes, you know, because they can come in and kind of take your rights yeah. to your music, and then you you just created this thing that you're proud of, which can't do much with it unless they say that you can. You know, if you sign the sign the rights over exclusively for instance you know like no one else can use that song or that album or whatever it is so yeah you have to be very very careful i know you and i have um you and i have talked about this before in the past uh where um 
for about four and a half seasons, I was the one of the DJs uh, at Kauffman Stadium. For those who don't follow baseball yeah. or don't live in Kansas Which City, is that's super cool, by the way. Yeah, cool. thanks. Yeah. Uh, that's where the Royals play. You know, it's funny as a kid, I was always like, you know, who, where, where, where is the person? Like, where is the guy who plays all the music, and how does he or yeah. she decide what? And then I got to do it at some point, which is kind of cool. Um, but you know what's so interesting with because we were talking about. Uh, how they used your song for "We Need a Hero," and it, ha- it has to fit the the moment, has to fit the situation. Yeah, and right people, you know, it, it's weird. Uh, one of the biggest things I regret is announcing, like, because people on social media they would announce, "Hey, I got this gig," or "I'm doing this now with my life," or this. And when I did that, people knew that if there was a song they did not approve of that was being played at the stadium, text oh. me about it. It's like, good lord! Oh my um, gosh, really? Was, That's crazy. I can't tell you how fucking annoying it was. It's just people, people are people are amazing sometimes, man. Uh, especially on social media or just yeah. through a text or something, they feel like they can kind of tell you what's up or what you know what they really want to say because you're not face to face. I don't think they would do that if they were standing right next to you while you're queuing up the next. Yeah, song, social media know? is absolutely. You just described social yeah. media perfectly. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I mean, I mean these funny. are. I'm t- at times it was also people who I knew, like personally, who had my number and yeah. everything. And right. you know what's so annoying about this is people think, like for example, for example, podcasting. People think, oh, you just turn on the microphone, hit record, and talk. That's all you do. It's like, yeah, no. so all, all we do, yeah, all Morgan does, he just, you know, hits the on button on his microphone. He just sings. That's all he does. Yeah, man. It's um, so easy, bro. So people, easy. Yeah. People think that being the DJ for like a, uh, at a sporting event at a stadium, all you do is play music. If you think all yeah. you do is play music, I'm telling you right yeah. now, I made $30 an hour doing it. And it wasn't my full-time job. It was a side gig. So people right. think. If people love the idea of 30 bucks an hour for a seasonal part-time job, go play what you think is just playing music. Trust me, we're we're not using iTunes or Spotify. We're using a completely different program. People think you can just play any song at any moment. It's like, no, you're at a stadium. And I'll tell you this, the hard part about being a DJ, if uh, the team is getting their ass kicked like 8-0, 9-1, 10-1, I mean – People are not having a good time because they paid all this no. money for merchandise, tickets. Yeah, they're parking. not ready to do the wobble and the wop and party, right? Yeah. Well, what you got to do is you got to play some uh, what we call hot music, but basically something okay. upbeat, something people can okay. dance to and just have a good time okay. to because our all camera right, so guys. You're taking the opposite approach. I like that. That's yeah, good. Because see, yeah. the camera operators, they like in between innings, you know, we may have 30 seconds to just show some fans on the video board. And if they're yeah. not dancing, having a good time, it's because there's not good music to dance to at the moment. So you got to always true. play good music. And I think people don't realize, and listen, I'll play music that I'm not particularly a big fan of like Pitbull, Taylor Swift. Cause they've got yeah. a lot of great, like this is basically a very cheap and easy way to do it. Like if you want to get people on their feet, I'll never oh, yeah. I'll, I always use Jump Around by House of Pain, especially during That's a rally. A good one. Everyone Dude, is jumping. I've played that song so many times, one way or the other. I like to mash it up with other tracks, like when I'm playing festivals and stuff. Yeah. If you bust in, if you're playing like some hard EDM or something, and then you bust in a jump around, people go crazy. Yeah. They go nuts. And then you drop it back down into like another banging dance track or something. They just lose it. I've got some pretty good edits of that song. Yeah, well, that's a good call. I, I, you're not you're not a huge baseball fan, are you? 
You know, I'm not. I like to go okay. to the games sometimes. Um, like I've been to the drillers here a few times. We've got a new newer stadium. It's really nice. The experience. I like baseball live, like in yeah. person. I, I can do that whole thing. It's fun. I just can't. I don't know enough about it to get into it. On, you know, on TV and stuff. I'm more just a football guy, you know? Well, what I was going to a- ask you, uh, if you remember the song uh, Trap Queen. Uh, oh, yeah. Betty who, si- who sings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, so there was one. a Royals player. Uh, he doesn't play for us anymore, but uh, Lorenzo Kane. he was an MVP runner-up uh, during his time okay. in Kansas City, but he used okay. that as his walk-up song. And in the beginning, you hear uh, the you hear 1738, and then it yeah, yeah, yeah. goes on. And the Royals, I guess they just really got the players got hooked behind that song. And there was something really weird. The media completely did not realize this. Royals players all like dared each other in their interviews to do some sort of weird uh, reference to Trap Queen. So, you know, if, 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 if they say, you know, how do you guys keep this momentum going, for instance, the players right. would say, well, we have a 17 and 38 chance of, you know, uh, continuing to dominate oh, and uh, you know, winning the division. And people had no right. idea what that meant. And eventually the word got out. Oh, it's from the song Trap Queen. But um, I yeah. actually watched a video about how he got that song to spread. And it was stuff like that. Yeah. That made that song go off like little uh, focused promotional things like that made the song really pop off because people were going what are you talking about what is that you know and and it really did help and that song went big too it even went to radio at some point you know and that's when it really went skyrocket yeah Yeah. that's a great it's a great way to get somebody's song out there it's funny i remember royals fans would make a big deal about it they're like oh i'm right now in in a hotel i'm on vacation i'm in room 1738 or my my grocery, <laughs> my grocery cart uh, came out to yeah. seventeen dollars and thirty eight cents. Like that, big, that, those four numbers became such a huge deal in Kansas yeah. City. Seventeen thirty eight. Got to have the, <laughs> the auto tune thing going on there, you know. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, that was those were some really fun years working for the Royals, doing all those, um, doing the music and all that. Because I've always wondered, you know, who plays the walk up songs, who decides the contests for these kinds of things, in right. You that know, was probably just, kind of a dream gig for you, I would I would assume. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, eventually, I, you know, we had some people, you know, leave, some new guys coming in. They said, hey, how would you like to run the LED boards for a game or the video board for a game? Like, yeah. sure. So uh, yeah. that was a lot of fun. I did it briefly with the Chiefs. Um, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Cool. And I've, I've heard, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much, but I've okay. heard. Yeah what it's like working for the chiefs and it's not it's not fun here not what you would think right or yeah hope for. i'll, I'll yeah, share okay. you a quick story um so arrowhead in about august september i mean not now because of the pandemic but every yeah. year around that time they have a couple of concerts that they have at arrowhead uh we had taylor swift and I cannot remember this guy's name. Uh, he's a country singer, Ed. Um, Ed something. Uh, Ed. Ed Sher- Sheridan. Something, oh, something Ed like Sheeran. Sheeran. Yeah, I don't know why. I yeah, said Sheridan. He does more like pop music now, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's a big deal. 
So we were, it was a commercial break during a preseason game and we were doing, um, we were basically promoting the, the concerts at Arrowhead, Taylor Swift and, and Ed Sheeran. And yeah. um, I'm kind of training uh, as that's going on right now. And uh, the guy who was training me uh, plays Taylor Swift, Swift music, which is, which makes sense. Cause we're mentioning one of the two artists and their director even said, yeah, play right. Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, after the, after we did that promo, the director said, Oh, you should have played Ed Sheeran. It's like, you, you just, said to play taylor swift and there was some massive argument about it oh my gosh i'll leave it at that okay there's less of that i've done i've done um media production events at the royals and at uh, the sprint center which is now called t-mobile uh center it's less it's 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 a lot more fun there i'll leave it at that um i'm sure you've come across people like that in this industry like like you think, you know, hey, it's music. We're supposed to have fun, but then there's always, yeah. you know, one bad apple that always has to. Oh yeah, yeah. Things. Especially, especially when you're coming up and you're not the main artist. You know, you're not headlining. Oh yeah. Uh, like back when I first started, I mean, you have a lot of stage managers and venue owners and promoters and things that can be not maybe the nicest people to work with. <laughs> so. But a lot of them, a lot of them are great, you know, but every once in a while you run into somebody, you're going to run into somebody like that regardless. There's always, there's always one, you know, but it's all about how you handle it. Right. You know, you got to be able to be versatile, I guess, with people. Have you ever heard of, um, it's a local band, I think in Kansas city called David George and a crooked mile. I don't think so. What kind of music do they make? Um, honestly, I have not heard so, do you remember when the Chiefs changed the touchdown song? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what happened: yeah. because Gary Glitter got in trouble, uh, right. they wanted to they wanted to move away from all of that. And that um, yeah. a guy who I was working with at the Royals, uh, he was actually the director for um, for everything, basically. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, he's he's a part of the band. And I remember he was sharing a story. And I just remember this because you mentioned, you know, back when you would open for uh, for other musicians. Um, right. David George and A Crooked Mile, they once opened for Saliva. And that same week, I don't I don't know exactly the details, how it happened. That's when Saliva just basically skyrocketed and became a massive deal. So, yeah, they were no longer doing those kinds of shows anymore. I, yeah, man. I actually opened for Saliva, too. Oh, OK. Well, there Way you go. back when I was doing rock and roll music, we we opened for Saliva, um, Twelve Stones. Um, oh, okay. I've heard of them. What's the uh, Drowning Pool? Yeah. Oh, wow. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> you know that, those guys. Yeah, I was doing like some pretty heavy rock music, and we opened for some pretty great, pretty great acts, man. So that's funny that they did too. So when you when you open for these bands, I mean, is there an opportunity for you to rub elbows with these people? Like, how does that all work? Oh yeah, usually, usually. Um, are they nice? Funny are, story. are they nice to you, or do they are they full of themselves? Generally speaking, they're pretty nice. Okay, I mean, good. You're always like I say, you're going to run into a few people that aren't going to be very congenial, you know. Yeah. But uh, those guys, yeah, they definitely were. Uh, the guys with Drowning Pool, um, we play with them. I think in might have been Wichita. See the okay. Wichita or Oklahoma City. And I think we did a show with them also in Tulsa. We like did a little stretch of the tour with them. This is back when I had my band uh Ganim. 
that's yeah that's that's, that's oh, i didn't know you had a band name ganem was it, it was did, you and your yeah. dad no no oh. it was me and some other guys that i pulled in from the local area all right yeah we did we did some pretty cool shows but um when i was performing with drowning pool i got out there and we we played the show and everything and um i noticed while we were playing they brought the lights up in the crowd for a second, you know, I was talking and drowning pool was out there watching us, nice. which I thought was really cool. Cause you know, a lot of times those guys are just backstage doing whatever before they go on, they don't want to be seen, yeah. but they heard us. And I guess they liked the, the music or something. I don't know, but they were out there observing. So I was like, no pressure. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got done with the show and it was killer. And people, everybody loved it. We had a blast. And uh, I was at the merch booth, and after Drowning Pool had played, they got down off stage and went to their merch booth. And afterwards, we were kind of standing there talking, and the lead singer had walked up into the conversation. He was fantastic. Um, and he goes, dude, we, we came out and caught your set, man. You guys are really great. I said, oh, man, thank you. I mean, so much, you know, coming from a guy like that has been in the industry a long time. Yeah. And... He said, but I got to tell you something, dude. You seem a lot bigger on stage. And I said, <laughs> so do you. Because <laughs> this guy, I'm like maybe 5'8", with boots on, you know. But he was like, he was like here to me. Little bitty guy, but he had a massive voice. And he really did. He, see, he was like real stocky, you know. He seemed bigger on stage. And I just popped back at him. I was like, yeah. He was like. You seem a lot bigger on stage. I was like, yeah, you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought crazy. that was really funny. But we stayed there. We, we had a conversation for probably about 20, 30 minutes, just about everything, about music and the industry and stuff. And he was really nice. He was a cool dude. They were all cool. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. As you said, you know, let the body sit the floor. I, I mean, that song still is used today. Like I was at a UFC oh, yeah. event a couple of years ago. They used that as like a montage uh for yeah, oh yeah that was the, fighters that literally was hitting the ground think. yeah right yeah literally um by the way uh I, I still think this is funny you with no dreads um you you told right. me about this but I, I want you to share the story again uh what made you want to do that yeah so i decided um since the chiefs hadn't gone to the Super Bowl and what was it like 50 years or 50 something years, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, originally when, uh, when we were in the running for it uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, or whatever, I decided if, if we go to the Super Bowl, we don't have to win. I was like, if we go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to cut them off. I'm going to make it a thing. And uh, we went. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, now I have no hair. No, but for real, I, I was kind of ready to cut, cut the dreads yeah. off you know it was it was just time i had them for like eight years and it was good run had a, a lot of great moments with them and stuff but it was just time and i decided okay well to get me to really actually go through with it let's make a thing of it and uh, if we go to the super bowl i'll cut them off so i stuck with my guns man i stuck with it and here we are i'm, I'm looking on google right now I, I, all i did was search your name yeah, it's gonna be easy to find those uh, pictures. Probably. Let me screen share this real quickly. Yeah, there's you. This was the and you did this with 15 in the Mahomies. Is that right? 
Uh, yes, I partnered with them and uh, uh, I kind of re-released Chop It Up as part of the promotion, but with it, you know, and I said that uh, every uh, or, or some of the some of the proceeds uh, raised from the current sales of the song at that time would go to 15 of my homies because they're a great organization, man. Yeah, they help they help children in need. Um, and I think it's a really good cause. And it's, it's put together. Uh, obviously by Patrick Mahomes, which I'm a huge fan. Patrick, if you see this video, you're the man, bro. Keep it going. He, he's, uh, a, he's a savior of the Chiefs, brother. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, look I know there's always someone out there who's going to say, oh, but it's a team sport. There are 21 other. Yeah, we know. But let's be real. We were not going to a Super Bowl before him. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, his first year starting, we should have gone to the Super Bowl. But we had one. Yeah like massive hiccup at like the worst moment. And if yes. that does not happen, like I don't think people, I don't think this gets, gets discussed enough. We, Probably not. We could be in the Super Bowl every year uh, with Patrick starting his first year. Obviously he was on the bench behind Alex Smith, but like every year he has started, we've gone to the AFC championship game. Yeah. Like, Name me somebody in their first three years as a quarterback who's taken their team to a conference championship. I mean, that's, that's insane. I don't know anybody, man. I don't know anybody. He does have to have his weapons, you know? Oh, for sure. And we, we kind of prove that this year, if he doesn't have his offensive line or some of those key players, at least then we're in trouble, you know, but I, I I think it seems like they've got that kind of taken care of now with the, they got a lot of guys this year. Yeah, yeah, they got Orlando they Brown. Boys in the front. They got Orlando Brown from the Ravens. That was a huge gain, which was also a shock yeah. to everyone because the Ravens are – I mean, they're contenders in the AFC, and they just helped the best team yeah. in the AFC. So I thought that was yeah. a really dumb – I mean, that's like, that's like sending, you know, your best defensive player to your own division rival, to the Raiders or to the Broncos or yeah. something. I, I don't know. That was yeah. really weird. Not a, not um, a great idea on their part, but, hey, you know, we're yeah. going to take advantage of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, we also got we Joe Tooney from the Patriots, uh, so that's definitely going to be good as well. Yeah, we, so, we've got some really good guys right now. I had a question for you. Yeah, what's up? A buddy of mine the other day, I haven't really fact-checked this yet, so I'm just asking to see if you've heard of this yet, but – a buddy of mine, uh, Jordan, my buddy Jordan Gabriel, he's one of my friends I make music with. Um, he mentioned that he heard something about the possibility of Richard Sherman coming to the Chiefs. Have you heard that? I have not heard that. I will Google okay. that. Hold on. Richard Sherman to the I Chiefs. I don't know if that has if that holds any water or not. But how crazy would that be if it really did like happen? I don't know. I even just like to think about it because I've been a Richard Sherman follower for a while. I, I even made a song with Jordan, the guy who told me about this, called Richard Sherman. And it was like a heavy EDM song. And it had that that vocal clip in there where he was like, don't you ever talk about me. It was about Crabtree. You know, they had that. that oh, yeah. On. You know what's funny yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, real quickly on your Richard Sherman thing. um, there, there is a blog. It's not like a reputable blog. They're talking about okay. it, but it's not. I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's a okay. very small rumor uh, at best right All now. Right, but well, actually, we can just we can just dream about it. I guess. Yeah, we can like, dream about it. on Madden. Just, just straight from on Madden. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's the you know what's funny. It. When he did that interview, uh, mm-hmm. before that, 
there was a reporter from Mexico and he's all excited. He's running onto the field while talking uh, with his microphone on and everything. And he actually runs up to Richard Sherman and it's a little hard to understand what he's saying because everyone's right. going crazy in the moment and he's got a bit of an accent. So he's talking to Richard Sherman and Richard Sherman's yelling at the, not at the reporter, but he's also just going off because of uh, Michael Crabtree uh, and yeah. all the trash. That I guess they were talking. So Richard Sherman <laughs> was already fired. He had already done an interview before that. So a lot right. of people don't know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Richard, I mean, if Richard Sherman came to Kansas city and played alongside Tyron Matthew, who's my favorite player on the team, Thank I mean, you. that would be probably the scariest secondary in the NFL because we've got Legereus Need, who had a who, yeah. He would have been rookie of the year if he wasn't injured. Um, oh yeah. So we've got a lot of great. That would be a big add to the puzzle for sure. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, like I say, maybe it's not legitimate, but we can at least dream about the possibility. Uh, I, I was curious about this because I, I, I've had a pretty busy day today um, and I was driving yeah. around back and forth around town and I still remember driving through these places. I'm like, man, I remember, you know, all these office buildings here. I mean, they had Chiefs banners, they had Chiefs flags uh, or even just Chiefs um, decal, just like on their vehicle, work vehicles and right. whatnot. This was like the week of the Super Bowl uh, and the Super Bowl before that as well. Obviously, things came crashing down when the game started, but oh, yeah, I, right. I'm curious. Like in a place like Oklahoma, I know you know some of the places in in and around Kansas City, like Nebraska, Iowa, Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma. I mean, that's considered Chiefs territory. Um, yes, when they're good, at least. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> what what right. was what was the vibe like the week of the Super Bowl in your area? It was actually pretty hype. Um, okay. It's funny because. A lot of times I'll be out and about and you'll see NFL gear and, you know, memorabilia and things like that. And you won't see a lot of chief stuff. So I get excited when I do actually see some chiefs representation there, you know, in the, in the, the pile of things that they're selling or whatever, you know, coffee mugs and t-shirts and things like that. I'll get excited because you don't see a lot of that in Oklahoma, but there is a large following for the chief in Oklahoma definitely a large following for them. So I don't know why there's not as much merchandise and stuff here, but when they went, like, trust me, everybody that follows the chiefs and that's been fans of them from Oklahoma, they were all out with their gear. Like literally yeah. you can ask my girlfriend, I was wearing my, my jacket that I got endorsed to me uh, through Instagram on uh, mad. Let's see what they call mad. Rad Max. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Rad Max. Yeah. If you like uh, kind of vintage gear, go check them out. But the girl gave me a jacket. It was super nice of her. Um, and I really liked it. So I was wearing my jacket, my T-shirt, my hat, like every day, just about like I, I'm sure they were filthy, dirty. I didn't even like hardly wash them because I want to wear them every single day. Uh, but that was me. And that was every other Chiefs fan here in Oklahoma because we had our moment to be able to be like, we're going, we're doing it. You know, it's a thing, but they're here. They're just, you know, they're a little harder to find sometimes, but they're here. Yeah. I remember in 2014 and 2015 when the Royals had their uh, world series appearances, I yeah. mean, the town was blue. Uh, I remember uh, I going, to, going to the gym and it was opening day, 2015, the year we went, won the world series, but we were coming off a world series appearance game seven of all things. And I remember oh, wow. um, just going into the gym. And I mean, they had blue balloons, blue streamers. It's like, 
I really want to see this for the Chiefs one day. Like, because the Chiefs, yeah. I mean, it took them, as you said earlier, 50 years. Um, I mean, dude. and look, this is this is not a baseball town. Like, when the Chiefs are terrible, people still care and talk about it. But when the Royals are bad, no one cares, man. Uh, I mean, and yeah. look, that, that's natural in a lot of places. But people do care a lot about the Chiefs, even when they're bad. So when they're great... And I mean, basically think about how, how excited everyone was for the Royals. It was 10 times more uh, for the two because football is a bigger deal. The Super Bowl is a much bigger um, spectacle than the World Series. So uh, I'm mean, just seeing everybody go crazy uh, during that time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And people still are, you know, even though we came off a really ugly showing, I don't think that's really put a dent yeah. in uh, Chiefs fans and their fandom and nah. their confidence. So. People are really excited no, about this football team, and it's a lot of fun to see. As someone who's loved this football team uh, for a long time, it, it's really nice to see this uh, the city really just be almost red all the time, even in the offseason. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see it because, you know, it's about time, really. But you're right. Like, the Chiefs fans are diehard, man. Yeah. We're diehard because if we weren't, we wouldn't we wouldn't be fans because they, they haven't been – to the Super Bowl in so long since the last, you know, two showings. But um, we stuck with them. I think that's why it was so, so sweet, man, when we did win. Yeah. I mean, literally brought tears to your your eyes. I know that. <laughs> I was crying like a little baby. My parents lost it. Like, I saw your video where you and your parents are celebrating your girlfriend. She, you mentioned this yeah. before. She's not a big sports fan, so she was just kind of like, oh, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was literally like falling asleep at the end of the game, which is like the most pivotal point, you know. But uh, it's well, just I think not it, her thing. I, I was just gonna say, I think it's how it happened too. Like we were losing by yeah. ten points yeah. with like eight minutes left. I was like, yeah, we're yeah. done. Yeah, it was it was kind of winding down, you know, and we were kind of just preparing for the worst. <laughs> but uh, she actually, my girlfriend Kelly, she actually went to a game with me uh, not too long after that. Um, oh, nice. The next season. Um, and uh, so we had a good time there. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed the live atmosphere. You know, she's just not one of those that watches TV and watches the game. Kind of like I am, honestly, with baseball. Like, I don't even think against baseball. I just don't know yeah. a lot about it. I don't get it, you know. But, yeah, we were all we were all, we were all losing our minds, man. It was intense. I know as a musician, you know, a lot of people like to go to – concerts on weekends and that's not to say you don't do it on weekdays i mean there are sold concerts taking place on weekdays as well but yeah um are there ever times where you have to miss chiefs games because you know you're doing a concert it, obviously you know your career has got to come first oh yeah yeah there's been times that i've been wanting to go uh you know my friends will be booking time to go see the chiefs and stuff and i just i won't be able to do it because i'll have gigs and stuff so uh yeah it has to come first i've never missed the show uh, yeah you know knock on wood mm. uh, i never have to but um i've never missed a date man if if i book it i'm there period you know what Even i was thinking it about i can't go see the chiefs you know what i was thinking about the other day was um on tuesday the golden knights won an overtime which was they were down two nothing and they found a way to win somehow oh, wow. um but I lost my voice just from shouting and everything. And the next day I, I <laughs> could hardly talk. See, the point I'm trying to get at here is with someone like you, because your voice is your, that's essentially your gig, your job. Yeah. Uh, that's how you make your money. It's like, you kind of have to be careful 
you know, cheering for your sports teams because you can't be shouting and screaming and all that kind of thing. You can't be a maniac like me. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be well, level headed. If, if I've got something going on uh, at any point in time after I go see the Chiefs as far like a show or something, yeah, I have to be really careful because you don't even realize how loud it is in that stadium too when you're there. Even just talking, yeah. you're screaming. You know, to to I mean, ninety percent of the time, not the whole time, but during the game, like it is loud. It, it's the loudest stadium in the NFL. Period. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so last thing. Last thing I wanted to ask you, we didn't touch too much on this. Uh, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but you've done some uh, some things as an entrepreneur. I know you're, you're doing a little bit of real estate. I know you talked about cryptocurrency, which I know absolutely nothing about. I've heard of it. Um, yeah. How did you get involved in that? Because, you know, you got your thing as a musician, but you've also got to make right. more money. Uh, and anyone would, would want to do that, of course. Uh, what has that uh, been like for you? Yeah, I mean, so really uh, branching out, starting off, it was really uh, my record label, GX2 Records, because um, it allowed me to not only release my own music, but also to release music by other people, too. So that was one of my first real entrepreneurial moves uh, as a business owner, you know, that kind of helped me get planted. Um, but yeah, I've been dabbling in real estate investment. Um and it's a good, it's a good source of income, man. Like there's a lot of money to be made in real estate. Um, working on getting yeah. my license right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you, if you got hit with this, but about the time the pandemic was really blaring, they were really promoting an app called Robinhood. Have you seen Robinhood? I've heard of it. Yeah. So it's a uh, stock trading app. And I don't know if they were hitting just a certain demographic of people, but I got promoted to, and I saw the app and I downloaded it and I started looking at stocks and I started getting into that a little bit. And, um, you know, I've got some, some stock in Ford, which just went up, which was cool because they just put out the electric truck uh, that could supposedly power your whole house and all this. Uh, so like, you know, I started dabbling in, in that a little bit, Tesla, a few different things and it started to do pretty well for me. But then I uh, kind of transitioned over to cryptocurrency when all the, the whole blockchain thing yeah. started cranking. It was funny because I had people messaging me about that on Instagram about the blockchain stuff, uh, like probably a year or more ago saying, Hey, you should get in on this. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I kind of just ignored it to be honest. Cause I didn't know what it was. Uh, little did I know, though, that was going to pop off. It's like Bitcoin. It's a cryptocurrency. Yeah. You know? That's through the roof right now. And if you would have had a few hundred dollars in Bitcoin, you'd be a multimillionaire now. You know, I didn't know that. Little did most of us know that. Um, so I started kind of dabbling in some of the crypto coins uh, like Ethereum um dogecoin of course I, of course i bought dogecoin i kind of fell for the hype because um it was at like it was at like 75 cents i think or something and i went ahead and bought in because i was looking online and they're hyping it up saying that when elon musk is it was going on saturday night live as soon as he goes on there and starts talking about dogecoin it's gonna go to the moon you know it's gonna be like at least a dollar kind of thing so i was like okay i'll get in I got in when it was up high, which you shouldn't do. I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And then he starts talking about crypto coin on Saturday Night Live. And he starts talking about Doge. 
and he starts kind of, I don't know, bashing it lightly, you know, making yeah. fun of it a little bit. And it just bottomed out. Yeah. You know, it just bottomed out. So I learned my lesson on that. A lot of this stuff is driven by the media, just like everything else. Yeah. You know, it's driven by That's the media. Point. It's driven by the big corporations. Um, so people get in and they, they, they buy and they buy, they buy, and then it bottoms out and they freak out and they sell, you know, and you really shouldn't do that. You should hold it, you know, cause it's the stock market and cryptocurrency, both are just up and down. It's like a roller coaster. Um, but the newest one that me and my buddy Jordan are into is Shiba Inu. And if he's watching this right now, shout out Jordan. He's the one that told me about Shiba Inu. That's a coin like the dog, you know, Shiba Inu. Um, huh. I think it's kind of a play on Dogecoin. Dogecoin, the uh, the little mascot for it, or the emblem is a Shiba Inu dog. You know, it was a meme coin basically to start with. It's a joke, and then it started to actually take off. So I'm I'm hoping Shiba Inu will do something kind of like Doge did, but even more so, more like Bitcoin is what they're thinking. So I've got I don't know like 20 million shares or something, but it's not even at like one cent right now. So you can buy in super cheap. So if you're into if you're into crypto crypto coin, go check out Shiba Inu. I highly recommend it. But yeah, I just dabble in it. It's fun, you know. Keep keep it very busy. Hey, uh, always good to be busy yeah. than not. That's for sure. Uh, real quickly, oh, yeah. uh, before you go, um, your music, your social media. How can people connect with you? Yeah. So like I said earlier, um, pretty much everything about me is at morganganum.com, which is my official website. Uh, you can also check out my record label and all the music I've put out through that, uh, both my music and other people that we represent too, at gx2records.com, two as in the number two. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of music up there and uh, you can find me on Apple Music, on Spotify. Uh, all my music is on Shazam. So if you hear it on TV or something on the radio, you can pop, pop it up and it'll, it'll find it on there. Um, a lot of videos and stuff, a lot of fun videos on YouTube. And uh, yeah, anywhere you can find music, you can pretty much find it on Deezer, Amazon Music, the whole thing. So go check it out, morganganum.com. Awesome. Well, hey, Morgan, I know, I mean, you just talked about it in the end there. Uh, you're pretty busy with everything you've got going on with music and uh, stuff outside of music. Uh, I really appreciate you making time, man. It's always fun talking to you, and I'm sure we'll do this again later uh, down the road. Yeah, absolutely, Farzine. I appreciate you, man. Really proud of you. Love to see you coming up, dude. Love to see all the fans following you. It's fun to watch. I follow you like a hawk, dude. So <laughs> I appreciate you uh, incorporating me always into your 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 madness and your show and stuff. It's it's great. I appreciate it, dude. Thanks. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you take care. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Thanks. We'll talk soon. All right. That is Morgan Ganim. Uh, check out his stuff. Uh, really good work. Uh, Obviously, you know, not as big, doing a lot of independent stuff, uh, really good music. Check out all of his stuff and uh, go check out his music videos. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Farscast. Uh, like I said, next week we'll have Joe Valerio and Dan Shanka on the podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, check out other episodes of Farscast. Like I said, we're everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, everywhere where you can check out podcasts, share the links with your friends. Till then, enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you guys next week with Dan and with Joe. Take care.